100% born in the Appalachian Mountains and made in the USA, Timber Ninja Outdoors provides a range of mobile hunting options to accommodate diverse hunting preferences. Whether you prioritize comfort, lightweight design, or versatility, their two-panel and single-panel saddles collection has something for everyone. The Black Belt Nano is the lightest single-panel saddle available on the market, weighing in under a pound. The saddle is designed with the minimalist hunter in mind, focusing on lightweight functionality and breathability. One notable feature is the patent-pending magnetic stick clip system on the side, which allows for convenient transportation of sticks up the tree, as well as a built-in platform holder. The Nano Saddle can be folded up to the size of a Nalgene bottle, enabling easy portability. With a four-way stretch material on the back for a comfortable fit, as well as strategically placed padding for hip pinch relief. You can use code EASTMEETSWEST to get free shipping on any Timber Ninja order. If you try it out and don't like it, send it back within 30 days for a full refund. Learn more at TimberNinjaOutdoors.com and sign up for their email newsletter for exclusive discounts and product drops. When it comes to optics, I get the same question over and over again. What are the best all-around binoculars? Well, it's tough to find something that works in every condition great, but after using a pair of Maven B1.2 10x42s, I think I found them. They feature an 8x or a 10x option, superior low light performance, tack sharp edge-to-edge clarity, a generous depth of field, and a silky focus mechanism. All of Maven Optics have a lifetime no-fault warranty and hail from the great state of Wyoming. I've been using Maven Optics since I bought my first pair in 2017, and I think you should test them out for yourself. Head over to mavenbuilt.com and use the code EASTMEETSWEST-GIFT for a free gift with any full price optics order. For all of those that want a truck bed cover for work or play, Diamondback makes the top of the line heavy duty covers that help you do more with your truck. They're perfect for the truck owning, avid sportsmen, outdoor enthusiasts, and weekend project warriors. I'm currently using the HD cover that can is capable of holding up to 1,600 pounds on the top. And then I have the Yakima overhaul HD bars on top so I can put my rooftop tent on it. When I'm not using my rooftop tent and able to use the trifold design of the Diamondback, I have the Crossbin 8 in there to organize all of my stuff in the back of my truck bed. Diamondback is made right here in Phillipsburg, Pennsylvania. If you want to check them out, head over to diamondbackcovers.com. If you've wanted that hunting camp tradition that we talk about, that experience, but you don't have a hunting camp of your own, you're welcome to come stay at my hunting camp up here in the Pennsylvania wilds called the Elk Crossing Getaway in the PA wilds. So if you go over to Airbnb, you can check out our three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath house that's right in the heart of Pennsylvania elk country. It's only minutes away from a bunch of public land to be able to hunt, hiking trails, outdoor recreation, fishing, all of those things there. The house is completely fully stocked with everything that you need to be able to, to spend a week hunting deer, taking your family up to see the elk, anything like that. So if you head over to Airbnb and search Elk Cross and Getaway in the PA Wilds, you'll find my listing there and you can rent out my house to send us a message and inquiry that you're interested in it and mention that you heard it on the podcast here, then we'll get you 10% off of your first day. Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. 
Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt Podcast presented by Spartan Forge. On today's episode, I am joined by Josh Tolker of Before the Echo and Jake Belinda of The Void Hunt. We all went to Ohio separately during the January muzzleloader season and ended up staying at Johnny Stewart's camp together. So we discuss my encounter that I had on opening day with a big buck at 40 yards where the muzzleloader did not go off. Strategy for late gun seasons, good versus bad acorns, Jake's tracking strategy, how to think like a buck, hunting areas with no intel, trail camera etiquette, our life journey to getting to where we are now, and much more. On this week's Mountain Buck Monday Story of the Week, we have a story coming out of Virginia from Michael Smith. Michael wrote in, as a college student new to hunting, I started messing around on Virginia public land near school last year. I had scouted an area last January after a tough first deer season and only took one doe. Only had two big buck encounters, but passed 50 yards hunting with the bow. I didn't see any sign other than a huge scrape on a saddle between two thick areas with extremely steep terrain behind it. I figured deer would never walk down that drainage and I hung a camera. Had bucks all over it starting in September and was really targeting one big typical eight. I never saw him and on November 10th, I had a different big buck walk by at 60 yards. Went out and bought a Walmart muzzleloader and the next morning, I watched a six-point come down the steep part at 150 yards, walked all the way to eight yards where I shot him from the saddle. I watched him fall down the hill and pile up in the drainage. My first public land buck, second buck of my life, and fourth deer of my life. Well, congratulations, Michael. That's an awesome story and really cool to see you kind of adapt throughout the season there and going out and buying a muzzleloader to be able to make it happen. And that's just how it works where then the buck comes in well within bow range. But congratulations, awesome buck. And uh, if anybody wants to go check that out, head over to Instagram at East Meets West Hunt and Facebook, East Meets West Outdoors, and you can see this photo and the story over there. And if you have a mountain buck story that you want to submit, please send it to my email, boateastmeetswesthunt.com. In the subject line, put Mountain Buck Monday. All I need is a short paragraph or two and a few photos that you'd like to share. Love getting to share these stories. Still have a ton of them to go through here. But uh, thanks, everyone, who's been sending them in so far. And uh, in other news, I, I can't thank everyone enough who jumped in and ordered tickets for the 2024 Mountain Buck Scouting Camp right away on Thursday night. We had an issue with the website where it was showing sold out when it wasn't because of the flood of people going in and adding it to their cart. So when it does that, the system shows it is sold out or it was popping up with a warning message saying that checkout is currently unavailable. Well, that should be all sorted out now, and we do have some general admission spots open as of the time of recording this intro, which I'm recording this ahead of time here, so there's a chance there's nothing left, but it will show up on the website if, if it is sold out. But the VIP option is definitely sold out at this point, but still have some general admission spots. would love to be able to have you there. Going into year three, I look forward to this weekend of the camp more than any other event that I attend. Looking back, I don't know why I would have expected anything different because it's a bunch of people 
who for some reason love the challenge of chasing big woods and mountain bucks and love deer hunting and, and get getting together to talk deer hunting, which sounds perfect to me. The camp really feels like a giant deer camp. When people spend money to go learn, there's no egos and no complaining. I learned that from events that I've paid to go to and what kind of gave me the, the idea to be able to do this. Um, and that was in different sectors, but I, I've, I learned so much from being in person and being able to interact with people that are successful and, and people that are, that are trying to do the same types of things. So when registration opened, I, I was pleasantly surprised to see multiple repeats from the previous years, including one guy who's become a, a friend of mine and returning for year three. So when people decide to come to the camp, they're there to learn from me and the other presenters, right? But I can confidently say that I've learned a ton from everyone who shows up. In deer hunting, perspective is essential and watching how others see things through their eyes is helpful no matter what the experience level initially i was bummed to find out that we weren't able to do the event at the property where i've been hosting it the first two years but that opened up another opportunity to go to a place that one of the presenters and forester kenny kane personally manages the timber so you will see a forest with a ton of diversity, including different ages of timber cuts, oak stands, hemlock groves, and everything in between that we look for as deer hunter. It's one thing to hear us talk about these things on a podcast, but seeing it for yourself is where the puzzle pieces really come together. We also have a ton of great partners pitching in for giveaway products this year. There's a decent chance that you'll leave with product or products valued more than the purchase price of the camp. So if you have any questions on the scouting camp, please send me an email to Bo at eastmeetswesthunt.com. Love to be able to help you out and uh, hope to see you there. If you like the podcast, please share it with your friends and uh, leave a rating and review. As always, I appreciate you and hope you have a great rest of your week. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. What is this, Bo? The collaboration of East Meets West and Before the Echo podcast. Yeah. With, with guest Jake Belinda. Yeah, the outlier. <laughs> <laughs> we are uh, hunting Ohio for muzzleloader season and staying at Johnny Stewart. Which it's too bad he's not here. I know. I, I wish Johnny was here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you had a uh, interesting evening. Yeah. I um. So we just we got here last night, and it was funny because so we're staying at we're staying at Johnny's cabin, and Johnny's just like the friendliest person. Meets people. I never know who's yeah. gonna be where. What's going on? You know. And he's like. He's like, hey, my buddy Josh, and and I'd known you, Josh, and I had never met you, but mm -hmm. as far as through the podcast and everything, and and I was like, oh, it'd be cool. Um, and then uh, on the way down, he's like, Jake's coming down, and it was funny. Actually, <laughs> I went and I was like, gonna text Jake and be like, hey, what time are you getting in? And Jake had asked me two days ago whether I was coming to Ohio or not, and I never saw the text message. He gave me the cold shoulder, right? I gave him right. the cold yeah. shoulder. So <laughs> we were talking. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I was like, all right. So I was like, all right, cool. It'll be a at first. Like I was like, oh, I thought it was just gonna be me down here. You know, I brought you know packing some books. So I was gonna sit here. Yeah. And, you know, and and uh, but it's cool to to be able to have you know everybody here and. But this, we were planning on getting a bunch of snow, and yeah. uh, me and J me and Jake were like set I was, on. I 
I had the exact opposite think, thinking of you guys. I'm like, ah, I don't know. What if it's a, like, what if it's a couple of degrees warmer? Uh, see, you brought the rain. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The snow would have been a completely different ball game. Yeah, we yeah. Woke, we woke up this morning and just you could hear it just beating oh, it on the pouring. camp, pouring. Yeah. I mean, to the point where like it was you couldn't. You couldn't even hunt in one muzzleloaders, which we'll get yeah, into right. how that worked out. But uh, uh, at the same time, it's it's yeah, it was just it was just such a downpour. You'd never be able to blood trail, just not good. So we sat here, we made a good breakfast, some bacon and eggs, hung out at camp, and it was yeah. what, almost noon before it let up enough to be yeah. able to go out in the woods. Yeah, and it 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 poured until noon too. Like it never did. It never even switched no. to the point where it would try to lay. Like there was a couple no. flakes, but no, I didn't, that. I didn't tell you guys this yet, but it snowed where I was hunting. There was snow on the ground. There was. Yeah. Yeah. It was not a good tracking snow though. It was just like Dang. a meshy, nasty snow. Might have to, I would, I would have took the hour adventure if I had to, to get the snow, but I don't think that's high. Yeah. But I mean, if, Maybe I just didn't run into any deer, but it wasn't. And on like south facing slopes and stuff, there was no snow in the yeah, snow. Okay. But it yeah. snowed in north of here a little bit. Did it? Yeah. Well, and and uh, yeah, so it's kind of bummed about that. But um, I mean, this is the first time that I've been in Ohio since last year at this time. So I didn't have any scouting, anything. But luckily, Johnny was like, he gave me the intel on where the oaks were, the acorns. Yeah. He was just like, it's down lower. Seems like they're living up high, and Johnny, as he normally does, he knows what's going on, and <laughs> and uh, so we we all took off in our, our separate directions there, and, and um, I was hiking up this hill. I was going to try to go up this drainage and then work the backside of this ridge and just kind of check it out, these different point systems, and I hadn't been on this particular ridge since 2016, 17, something. I mean, it's been a while since I've been in this this area, and so on the way up i had i was seeing as johnny said acorns down low down towards the road and you tell a lot of nighttime feeding activity and stuff and i was just coming up and bumped a bunch of what i'm pretty sure there were four does bumped up and went down over the other side and i get up to the top and i just kind of started still hunting and i just worked the leeward ridge kind of over because i wanted to hunt just on the other side. So I was like, I'm going to stay off the skyline and just kind of work my way around and, and get there. And, and it was about, man, I don't know, like two, well, it was like, I know exactly what time it was, 2.19 when I sat down because um, I was texting Johnny, asking him how he was doing in Iowa and uh, sat down, grabbed myself a little snack, you know, opened it up took a bite <laughs> well i guess i should say how i picked the spot first was i was there was all these little micro points jetting off this main ridge and and i saw there was on the on the map i was looking at spartan forge too and there was like there's a bunch of like bluffs so a bunch of cliffs and these two drainages were the only spots that looked like that they weren't like they weren't completely cliffed out so i'm like the deer kind of have to travel off of these things or the one point that I found they could definitely run off of that based on the slope angle. So I was like, I worked out that point and it's always like this. I don't know how, how you guys feel about it, but you always don't know of like how far is too far. And then how far back are you the way you're out of the game? So, you oh, know, yeah. when you're hunting yeah, like the early and late season, like trying to predict where they're betting at and the, the way that this Ridge was facing 
you would think of the the wind, which it was northwest at that point, wouldn't have been the most ideal ridge for that. But we had a northeast wind earlier, and I was thinking, you know, maybe that buck was, you know, betting out on this this point based off of that, and maybe just shifted a little bit, and it could still be good with the northwest wind. So, anyways, I started going out, and I started seeing a bunch of rubs popping up and i'm like okay it's just like you get that gut feeling like you got to stop found a tree sat down opened my snack took a bite look up and there's a nice buck walking right towards me at like 40 yards and i'd said right before that i need to stand at this spot because i couldn't see down over this little hump but i sat down to have my snack you know take a little take a little break after hiking and well, you're thinking it's too freaking 220. Like, yeah, it's too, yeah, yeah. I thought I had a couple hours yeah, before it was going to get good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, there's this buck coming up. I pull up the muzzleloader, click. It runs past me about 15 yards or so, goes about 60 or 70. Pull back the hammer again. He stops, quartering away, click. And I open it, open up my muzzleloader and the primer had been dinged like it hit and everything. And I'm like, man, what the heck? And I'm, I'm new to muzzleloader hunting. Like I, I did it last year and wasn't, I didn't really know anything. Literally I went out, got him sighted in and was like, I'm going to go hunting. I've hunted with a flintlock before and that was about it. And, uh, so I didn't know some of the tricks and things to 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 make them operate i mean the thing shoots like a rifle so i thought that's kind of how how it was and and anyways gun didn't go off and i found out that you should not and anyone that's listening to this this muzzler hunts probably like yeah bo you're an idiot but you don't load your gun you know like a warm camp so pouring the powder down the barrel doing that and and loading it and then going out in cold, wet environment because your barrel will start to sweat and create moisture and dampen that powder so it won't ignite. And so I had to pull the breech plug out, which was easy to do as far as that, clean it out. I had a little uh, patch from my bino harness, from my binos. I took that, shoved it in a barrel, and cleaned it all out, got her dry, put a primer in there, and 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 cleaned it all out. But uh Man, that kind of that really stung because it's been yeah. it's been kind of a, a long year and and I thought one was just walking into my lap like man give, this is <laughs> it give you one right on the plate yeah. and and I and I will say too is like I've had over the years I started hunting Ohio probably well it's been uh, I guess it'd be ten or eleven ten years, years ago now and in the early years and like over the last five or six years, I hadn't really come here much, you know, last year during muzzleloader season, but I haven't hunted the rut when I used to in five or six years. But before that I had luck in Ohio. Every time I'd come here, it'd be the first day within a couple hours. I did that three different years and it's just, that's always been my luck with Ohio. And I thought maybe I should be a resident cause that's just right. like my lucky state. Well, today was not my lucky day. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what about what about you guys? How did it go here on the first day? I went to an area I'm pretty familiar with, and like went as slow as I could through some known bedding areas. And I don't, there wasn't any deer in them. I mean, it just wasn't wasn't. Any deer. I found a lot of like it was a good scouting trip because I, you know, I found another spot that I kind of missed in previous scouting missions down here and stuff. But um, and then. Uh, you mentioned, I didn't know Johnny said that about there, the deer were bedding up high, but you mentioned that 
someone told you the same thing. Yeah, the local landowner, yeah. the, you know, so same said the exact same thing. Like, yeah. Go as high as you can. Yeah. So I got I got on my Spartan Forge and just I found a a ridge that looked like has a lot of points on it and whatnot and it's a spot I hadn't really been to yet in this on this chunk of the public and uh, as I was going up there I cut some ground disturbance thinking like I'm following a deer you know I'm like I'll just follow this deer and see see where it goes to maybe I'm falling backwards who knows well deer I mean I I don't know about you Bo but I track deer a lot in the snow. And they typically go to other deer. Like yeah. Deer will find other deer. Yeah. Very prominent. Yeah. So. Anyway, I fall on this, this, uh, these tracks. I go like 150 yards and there's a coyote at 30 yards looking at me, like turned around looking at me. So it spooked off and went into the clear cut, which I, where I kind of sus- suspected the deer to be bedding. And this clear <laughs> cut. a little drive on for you. Yeah. Except for the <laughs> wrong way. The, but the, uh, the clear cut, if you can imagine, it goes over two ridges. So like it comes, there's a, there's a ridge on the uh, west side of the property and the, it goes into the clear cut. The clear cut goes on the top of that ridge down into the, into the hub up. And then it goes back up onto the, the east ridge too. So I was just going up to the next, the next ridge on top of that, um, on top of the ridge where the clear cut was. And I got up there and there was deer sign and there were some red oaks dropping up there that, that were still on the ground. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Um, so by this time, this, I mean, I, I, like I walked a bunch like you did today. Yeah, I mean, I just covered ground. Yeah. Cause it was loud. I mean, all that snow was falling off those trees. Yeah. And like, I, I mean, I could have jumped deer. I'd never have known it. Yeah. Yeah. It but, was quiet walking, but you couldn't hear because everything. Yeah. Was yeah dripping. Yeah. Dip, yeah. yeah. But I sat there. I just did like you. I just sat against a tree. Yeah. I actually stood. I stood. Well, I, I initially sat down. I, I brought a little chair with me. And I got set down. I'm like, gosh, man, I could. You brought a little chair with you? Yeah, I did. It's wet, dude. Hey, I'm not. I'm not saying. Any, I'm not. I'm. I'm just mad that I didn't get the memo. Well, I'll tell you this though. You see those coveralls that are laying over there by the door? Could have used those. Yeah, I, I left them here. I, so I just had on a freaking pair of. Uh, I didn't have any long underwear on. Nothing. Just a pair of pants on. Are you serious? Yeah. So I was. I was kind of. I didn't struggling. know if you meant to do that. This, no, I didn't. This I morning. meant to bring those with me. I thought okay. you were just trying I, to prove how tough you were or something. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, but anyway, I sat there until like I got like I had like ten minutes left of of light, and I just didn't feel good about it. And I kind of got up and I walked down the the ridge a little farther. Um, I think that's where I'll go in the morning if I if I go you know if I go back to that area. But anyway, um, packed my crap up and I was walking out, and there's a big two track on this property. And I was walking out, I jumped some deer, um, but they were down low. So I was on this two track that's graveled, like it's old, old two track. It's not, yeah. you know, um, and so it makes, it makes a lot of noise walking that gravel yep. and those deer heard me and they busted out from the bottom down there. Now, they could have been up top and came down, you know, this evening. I have no idea, yeah. but no, um, that, that, that makes sense. That's it. It wasn't very exciting. Yeah. This, I didn't really have, uh, you know. Not much going either. I did some scat. I mean, I came down in gun season. Yeah, came down in second gun. Um, but nothing is. There's no intel for the late season that I have besides there's food everywhere. If you haven't noticed, like yeah, they there was plenty of acorns early, and now there's red oaks and black oaks lower mm-hmm. in that mid level. Um, but there, there's a lot of food this year. Yeah. Um, so I think it spread a lot of deer out just in general. I just, I, uh, this is my second year hunting here. Last year was my first year. And, and like, 
It's intimidating. Yeah. Well, I'm from Indiana, so I'm used to all the hills and stuff. But like, the more I'm here, the more I just want to come here during the rut, dude. Oh yeah, I know. (laughs) Except for the the pressure. Uh, Yeah, but I don't know. I just I think. The spot I was at today, I think you could really get away from pressure in the rut, hundred yeah. percent. Like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it's just too rugged of terrain, and it was it's one of those tucked in away spots. Like I would have never found that road that I was on by myself. Like if it wasn't for the, the inside scoop from the, the guy that lives here telling me about it, yeah. and he's like, because I sent him a you know a general point that I wanted to get to. He's like, oh that's. You know, you can like, almost drive to that. And I'm like, what? Like, I, I, t- I literally thought that I had to walk two, yeah. three miles to get to it. And I could park 250 yards away from that pin. From the pin. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. But, I mean, like all the sign I seen was all rut sign. Besides yeah. the one big track that was from today, you know, sometime mid midday before I got there. Um, but it was a lot of big rubs yeah rut and then i i just don't know so so what do you guys like you know it's january now it's at the end of the first week of january like what what is your strategy at this point for this gun season like what 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 are you looking for to be like all right i'm gonna sit next sit my butt down in this nice comfy chair next to this tree like what what makes you decide to do that for for either is it either of you is my me specifically, to be honest with you, the way, and this is, it's changed because of last year, the buck yeah. I shot last year. I I think that deer are to the point now in this late January, you know, this January time frame that I think if you see a deer, it's not going, they're not going to be so alert that they're going to be out in front of you 200 yards when you jump them. I think they're going to stop and look at you for a second. It's, you know, like early and be like right the first week October yeah where they like they jump and then they stop and I think it's the same now where just like the buck that you shot at he went out there at 70 yards tried to shoot at (laughs) tried to shoot at but and then he stopped again yes I think if that was the first gun season or the second gun season they would have just been completely full bore out of your sight yeah and and I'm not I mean, you guys brought it up, and it it kind of makes sense. That buck might have heard me rustling a little bit in the leaves and sit down and was curious, and that's why at two thirty well, in the afternoon they're a, he got they're up. They're a herd animal, and this time of year they herd up. Like yeah. even yeah. bucks tend to get back into bachelor groups, so that they want to be around other deer for safety and and, and numbers, so to speak. But it, I I think that you can get away with being a little quicker when you're walking in the woods this time of year. And not being so methodical of me personally, like yeah. that's that's why I covered as much ground as I did today. Because if I do see something, I think I'm gonna have a little bit more time to see it, judge it. Not gonna just peel off the side of the mountain. Yeah. So what? Yeah. Basically, what you're saying is like if you bumped, say you bumped him at like 50 yards, he might run another 40, stop and turn, and, and gives you a chance yeah. to get a rest yeah, and lean I, and shoot and whatever. Yeah. Because I mean, deer they get bumped by other stuff, you know coyotes like you've seen other things that they do that all the time i just don't gonna take the chance when it's high pressure gun season i i was worried today it's funny you said that because i was consciously worried that i was being too quiet today like i'm like i don't know if they'll freaking get up right now with me like it's like because i'm pretty good at still hunting and i was going through i'm like there's no way these deer can hear me 
Yeah. You know, and I like if they don't see me and I sneak through here. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I don't know. I don't that, know if I should be louder or not. You know, you that's, know? that's honestly, that's, I'm, I'm glad you guys are bringing that up because like, I felt like I wasn't getting, I mean, obviously it, it worked out that situation, but I wasn't getting anywhere. If I were to be still hunting the whole day, I, I, I just had this thing in my mind that I was just going, I feel like I was going too slow. Yeah. And I felt like it's because I also don't know the area. I wasn't sure exactly where the deer were going to be at. And it was so open yeah. that I was just like kind of concerned for it. But both of your comments on that makes a whole lot of sense. One, you are trying to get them to, because like spotting a bed of deer Super it hard. is super difficult, yes. even when it's even, even if when it you is know where they're open. even betting. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's because there's you know yeah they lo- they lo- lay low. I mean, yeah. But I there's been a lot of times in the wood, and I and I use the you know terms when I'm walking and scouting, um, and other times of the year that how many times are you just walking nonchalant and you actually walk up on deer? And yeah, they, and they were they were watching you walking. Yeah, and you just caught them as you're walking, and now stop. Yeah, and they don't and move. You until could, and you could, and they don't move until yeah. you move again. Yeah. So uh, you know, yeah. that's where certain times of year I change my speeds. Yeah. And this time of year, I'm, I that's why I picked, I upticked it, and it's simply the fact, like last year, that buck I shot, he's seen me. He was looking directly at me before I seen him, but he was curious. He had that just like look of like. What are, what are you, yeah, like, yeah. what are you doing here? Like, what are you, by that point, I was too late. The gun was up. It was in, you know, yeah. on him, and it was game over. But I I feel like right after, like, the rut, they're really on edge because they've been hunted. Gun season, first gun, they're really, you know, they know what's going on. They're more completely alert. Well, yeah. Now they're, it's like, they're, they're more docile their demeanors down they're just trying to survive be with other yeah. deer and um yeah but what i was looking for Bo, kind of answer your question was like i was trying to get to i was still hunting my way in and i was trying to find something that was they were feeding on in there and, and i know i know the property well enough to where i know like where a lot of the bedding areas are but you know i was just i was and i never did find that until i got up on top um, and there was some, there was some red oaks up there. There's a bunch of greenbrier up there too. Um, and that was the best deer sign I, I'd seen. Yeah. And did you notice, so there was at least what I noticed here or the spot that I was hunting was there was a lot of the acorns up top either had the little wormholes in them. Yeah. So the deer weren't eating them or they were ready. What's it called? Germa germinated, germinated, germinated. like yeah. they were ready growing yeah. sprouts. Lo- those were a lot. Of, so I don't know the specific term, like name of those oaks. It's a chestnut oak family. Okay. Um, that are that you're seeing because they are loaded everywhere. Yeah. And they were germinated back in the first gun season in December, like the yeah. first week. Of yeah. Yeah. Johnny mentioned that that they won't and touch they weren't them. they weren't touching yeah. them. Then. So that's, that's I noticed that up higher. It seemed like and yeah, and I didn't I didn't pay attention to what it was so tough because where I was at and was such a mixture of different oaks you looked on the ground you could yeah. see white oak you could see red yeah, oak yeah, you yeah. see chestnut you see black oak it was just like everything yeah. was there and i and dude like this was not a good spot still like i didn't it was just a it was like 4 30 i'm like i need to freaking sit down for the last half hour or so you know yeah. so it wasn't like it was just there was more deer sign up there than i'd seen so far so yeah um that that it's i, I was the same way i got to a point i almost went back to the truck i was like i'll get to the truck by dark 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, eh, you know what? I'm going to go out another 500 yards to the end of the clear cut and check it out. Yeah. That's where I found like most of the deer sign. Yeah. Was like yeah. that point where you want to stop. Have you ever wanted to have Levi Morgan, Andy May, Johnny Stewart, and others available at all times? Well, you can with Cyber Scout from Spartan Forge. Cyber Scout is like the chat GPT for outdoors men and women. You can ask it any questions related to bow building, scouting, hunting, survival, and a whole lot more. I think you'll be impressed with how it responds. Cyber Scout is currently out now for a select group of early beta testers and will be available to the rest of you really soon. The entire app is a complete tool for planning your hunt with incredible aerial imagery mapping, journaling, deer prediction, and some of the most accurate and detailed weather data. Use the code EASTMEETSWEST to save 20%. And if you're still on the fence, give the 14-day free trial a chance at SpartanForge.ai. CVA has been America's number one selling muzzleloader brand for over a decade. Hunting with a muzzleloader opens up a ton of hunting opportunities across the U.S., and I've been using the Acura series. But they don't only make badass muzzleloaders. Their line of centerfire rifles are great quality and not terrible on the wallet. The Cascade short barrel is ideal for tight quarters, deer drives, and quick shots in the big woods. You can check out their line of muzzleloaders, rifles, and accessories for every season and every range at bpioutdoors.com slash CVA. If you use the code EASTMEETSWEST10, you'll get 10% off of all CVA products, which includes rifles, muzzleloaders, and accessories. I pushed a little, you know, I second-guessed myself. I turned, I actually walked like 20 yards towards the truck, stopped, turned around, went. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I got enough time. That's why I got up like 10 minutes before dark because I, I was like, yeah, I'm like, I want to go down the ridge a little farther because I want to see what was I just over want, there. Yeah, yeah. The, what's and I, the I just got down ridge? there in glass for a while. but And I and I used, like, I had my binos with me and I glassed the whole time because I was so worried like these deer aren't going to get up. And I just was glassing like, man, there could be one lane in that bush or that brush pile over there. And I glassed and um, obviously I didn't ever saw anything. But I've seen a big thing that I've been trying to pay attention to more is squirrels where i find squirrels i always find deer like well probably because they're eating the same thing i mean they're, yeah they're feeding yeah. on the same thing but just in this big and you know what wood I, I the only time i saw a squirrel was up there on that top but the the same yeah. areas that i'm seeing like especially this late I, when you find one squirrel you'll find two three four five yeah. Yeah. together, and then you start really looking and okay here's the fresher deer sign like I, that's how it is for me anyway I well, yeah, it's actually funny where I saw that buck at. I had squirrels all around me because, like, I'm, I always say I'm a squirrel magnet where they, whenever I do come into a group of squirrels, no matter where I'm at, they just, like, stare at me and then just start doing their little alarm thing that they do. And I'm just like, can you stop? Yeah, just doing these, yeah, noises. It was but, like, it felt. I felt like everywhere I go that those things pick me out and i'm like can you stop i'm trying to be stealthy i'm not trying to kill you i'm trying to kill a deer or an elk or whatever it is yeah. that's funny <laughs> yeah it is it is funny but like yeah that's for for me like i was just i think if we had if we would have got snow i would have been more focused on the food itself mm-hmm. of like yeah. they probably didn't get up a little bit earlier and and go to that food maybe i would have hunted a little bit lower in the evening there um but just the fact that it was rainy i mean it was colder but not 
Oh, not like getting them in yeah. panic. I need a feed mode. So I was like trying to find where they're. They bedding. just wanted to dry off. I mean, it, yeah, that's it. And then they're like, okay, well, if I'm not mistaken, most of the deer are bedding pretty much where they're feeding. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, that's what I found. Like most of the beds I find feeding right next to it. They're not moving a super far away. Right. Um, all the trail systems that I was on, you know, that I found nothing really was fresh yeah like they were beaten down but it was all rut stuff yeah that's uh, same same story here one i seen one fresh confirmed track and it was a giant buck track but i don't know if i'm gonna head back to them or not it's it's one of those so yeah talk about how you were describing that track i think that's helpful for people like how you were saying you were putting you you basically you had four fingers and then spread apart yeah and it was um i based you know my my two index my index and my middle finger was in his left side and my pinky and ring finger was in his right side and it it legitimately my whole hand fit in this track because his dew claw basically i put my thumb down and it, that's where you could see his dew claw and he was going downhill so he's it was probably his back foot trying to slow down but it was spread out like that and there's no does that are going to be that big you know it, yeah 100 digging their dew claws in it's like doe tracks are usually a little you know more pointed, heart-shaped yeah and yeah, yeah. They're, they're thinner he was wide and there was enough mud that i could tell that he had a stagger and you, I could get into tracking and, and as a whole because I do it a lot. Like his track, his stride. So my step when I'm walking is 18 and a half inches to 19 inches, and that buck's track was 19 inches. And f- from my history of tracking deer, it's typically an 180 to 200 pound deer. They're muscular structure. Their their skeletal structure. I thought you were gonna say 180 to 200. Yeah, Andrew, I was no, like, man, that's pound, impressive. Yeah. Pound I know, I got you. <laughs> so I, I've just I've I've done it. It's one of my favorite things to do is just track deer and learn learn about them. But I've learned that four, five, six year old deer they have a certain stride length and a certain width between their tracks. I'm just gonna say the big barrel chest has they makes have, a little bit. Yeah, they they got a little more of a, a a waddle, so to speak. You know, there's eight inches between their steps and there was just enough mud that i could see each individual track for probably like 10 yards and i could judge it and i was like this is a this is a mature big deer and i hear i followed it for maybe 75 100 yards and i found a bunch of beds and a bunch of rubs like bed rubs and Mm -hmm. he was definitely there more times than not but i don't i it looked more rut stuff, like you know, mm-hmm. November stuff. I, I maybe just caught him going back in a loop or something. It's it just there wasn't a, enough intel that I'm like hundred percent. This is his. This is where he hangs out all the time. Yeah, it was like this is one of his spots, but where did he come from? Because that's when that wind switched from northeast to northwest. Yeah. So him he could have jumped, and it was right over a, a one of a saddle. So. I think that he was on the other side and this and then switch sides basically onto the other yeah. side of the hill. So that's just putting what I gathered in that short period of time. Um, yeah. I mean, all this stuff is just like, uh, I guess what the way, the way I've looked at it is like, if, if you make it make sense, like if it feels like it makes sense, you don't overthink it. It's just like, yeah. trust your gut of like, 
you know, and I think Johnny's one of those people that does that incredibly well. Cause like he'll tell some stories on something and I'm like having trouble following what he's saying, but that's what he's seeing. And yeah. normally in normally he's right. And like, and there's situations I'll get into like that where it's like, what I think like a deer would normally, you know, even do this or go off of this side of the hill or do whatever. And it's like, but that's, that's what these things are telling me. So why there, yeah. there's no, like, you know, yep. like you can look at, I, I was actually thinking about this as I was walking down, uh, tonight and it was, it was just getting dark and I was coming off this hill and I saw this trail on a super steep, like, you know, side hill. And it was just like, man, that's not normally not a place I would have thought like, deer to be traveling based off of how steep it was i thought that maybe be at the bottom or coming up this ditch or doing whatever and it's like there's rules of thumb but there's no absolutes no in in deer or deer hunting sometimes deer just want to go point a point b they don't yeah care yeah exactly yeah and there's no rhyme or reason and that's that's fine that's why it makes it so fun and and why there's can be endless podcasts. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but you're right about like Johnny. He's very sure of himself. He's like that deer's doing this, and he's just like convinced of it. Yeah, you know that. But that confidence, yeah, helps. And and that's what I mean. His yeah. turn, you know, which is rubbed off on me a little bit. Hunting is like okay. He's confident in the the, the intel that he's looking at with his eyes, and then he's like, "It's that deer's right here somewhere." Mm-hmm. So he stays there and then ends up seeing it or a, a buck yep. in that area where I get too into my own brain sometimes. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, like just like Second I just, I just said, the, 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 well, his beds are there, but maybe he's not. There. There's a there's multiples. That it's 20 yards away from where I found a, the only fresh big buck track that yeah. is probably his. And I'm yeah. just overthinking it. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, Johnny, I can't say enough good things about him. Like me spending time in the woods with him. And I know Jake, you've got to spend some time over the last couple of years. Like it's, I just, I'm a sponge. Like I just, Mm. I just shut up and let him talk and like, listen and see how he views the woods. I remember summer scouting with him. I hate summer scouting and like, yeah. And just going out and watching how he's even doing things. Like I went to an area, he was trying to find this, he was trying to find this buck in this area and we go in and he goes through this spot and he's like, ah, that buck, he's, he's coming through here and he's walking through and he's going to hit that scrape. And he's going to, and I'm like, you got to do, do his voice when you do it. You do a real good Johnny story. <laughs> <laughs> like got to go through. There's that, that buck he's coming through <laughs> and uh, he's coming through there. And, but like the way he visualized it has had me like, has changed the way I look, yeah. at, look at things. I've learned so much from him and his woodsmanship skills are like second to well, none. Well, Johnny, uh, we, me and him talk about, he's track, he tracks a lot in the snow too. Yeah. for fun. Yeah. And that's where I've kind of like, I took it from my dad and then I, with hunting with Johnny a lot and stuff, tracking a deer, a buck specifically, you just learn like, why does a buck walking, like you yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't, and all the other deer went to, you know, the easy way the, the buck did this meander mm. around something and why was that was it his headgear was it just their their attitude what however they're they do different know. things yeah and that's where 100%. johnny i think tracks so many in his life that he just thinks like a buck specifically all the time on when he's walking through the woods and he can visualize well, and i've even i've even thought about it like 
in Pennsylvania when went in rifle season when we'll do deer drives, we'll get, you know, two, three people pushing, a couple people sitting and we're going through and you watch how bucks escape. And oh, yeah. Th- that you man, you can learn so much about how a deer escapes and and my brother was actually talking about this. His in law family, they like they they'll start from the beginning of opening day gun season doing deer drives and they've learned like such a strategy to deer drives and what these bucks will do and they'll push the tops that are these clear cuts and they'll run down hit hit some of these ditches and they'll try to circle back up and come back around get back to their safe spot you know and 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 just like just learning how they move and every train's a little bit different but once you learn some of that stuff it's all just pieces of the puzzle to understand repetition it's yeah the like habitat a hundred percent man it's 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 uh it's so cool man i love i I learned so much about deer every single day i'm out and every single year it's just like learn more and more and does still doesn't make it any easier yeah Yeah, (laughs) you know sometimes you scratch your you scratch your head i last year was the first one i can say that it was just pure like that was how it's supposed to happen yeah like (laughs) You know what I mean? Just textbook, everything working out. Um, yeah. It, it, you still like, walk around the woods and feel like you don't know what the heck you're doing. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, it's like... <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. This is, that's, I feel yeah. like it's, that's been the year for me of just, like, feeling like, you know, your best laid plans are, are just that until it's not, you yeah, know? Right. And then it's just like, okay, what... You know, I'm like, well, I think they're, you know, I think they're bedding here sometimes, but maybe not. And like, you know, you yeah. just go through these, these, these scenarios and it's just, it's just kind of wild. Yeah. I was walking that top, uh, those clear cuts I found, I mean, they're, they're nice, but they're to the point of pole timber that there's nothing to feed on. Yeah. There's no undergrowth. There's no green briar. So it's just kind of like, they're to the point of they're almost junk. Yeah. Besides their there's some thermal thicker yeah. cover getting out of the wind um that's pretty much it well the, the one thing i'll say though about pole stands is in pennsylvania specifically pole stand clear cuts that are like 20 years old type deals for some reason i find big bucks living in there and well that's and my this one this is exactly how and, and the way and the reason why i think is because like when you look if you look into one you can't, I mean, it's hard, it would be hard to pick out a deer laying in there, mm-hmm. but if they're laying in his bed looking out, they you have a clear you. view. Yeah. Like they can, it's thick, but it's not. So if, if so I they, had to describe exactly how that buck's bed was, he was 20 to 30 yards inside in, of the cut. Typically how that laid out was it was on the west slope. So the wind would be in his face yeah. looking back into the open woods. Yeah, on that that's the old logging road because hmm. his track went down. But the way his beds were shaped was directly like you're saying inside of a cut. Yeah, with a bunch of deadfall, you couldn't. He would blend in. There was no way you would be able to see him. And then if you did jump him or something else did, I mean, he's straight down, and he's gone. Like there's no yeah. chance because it's thick. The killer cut went pretty much to the bottom. And then pulls the other side, and I mean, there's no chance you're going to see them. I'm still learning clear cuts. I, we don't have as many in Indiana. We don't okay. do as much of that stuff. What? Um. What? I guess what's been your impression of them, or what? I mean, 
the property that I've been hunting here has a, a couple of good ones. Like, and I don't, I dude, I don't know how old they are. Like, I don't know anything about clear cuts. I'm just guessing. But what's like, the, are the ankle size trees? Maybe slightly smaller. Probably five to eight years. Okay, I was gonna say the exact same thing. Yep. Yeah. And it, 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 I mean, that can depend on, on a lot of stuff. Of trees. Yeah, the yeah, type yeah. of trees. Like, what would you say? Pole, yeah. pole cut, pole stand. So, like, pole stand to me is something that's like softball or bigger. Like, honestly, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing yeah. this for on the video version, but it's just kind of like I don't even know what that diameter is. Right, right. Eight, eight inch, tree. eight inch diameter. Yeah, this this cocoa's not there yet. Then. Yeah, and and it typically is enough to choke out some of the undergrowth. Yeah, like, yeah no. So no. like the younger clear cuts that are thinner will have you know briars mixed in and like because it's got enough sunlight that you have a lot of that vegetation underneath that's yeah. coming up and like the that's those ones that you're talking about are good for food. Yeah, there's food in them and cover. Some of my favorite. That is my favorite. Year so like clear the deer cuts. might just be inside there and they yeah they don't have to leave. Hundred percent. Yeah yeah. But yeah. the the stuff that I was in, they were more the twelve to twenty somewhere in there. Yeah, no, um, where they were, there was nothing to feed on because there, there was they these were straight cuts to the point of no f- seed trees. Yeah, so there's no so, okay. feed inside. The, w- the, the way cuts. they do a lot of cuts now are like select cuts versus a total clear cut. Total clear cut, you know, they're cutting like all the trees out. Right. Where the select cuts are like they're leaving these seed trees to be able to you know seed the right, next generation right, right. of forest. Yeah, and to be able to do it, but the way they used to is they just cut everything because yeah. they just want you know they wanted to get the, the and timber I think out that's of what it. this this these were. They were old, twenty year old. They must have came and done this property. Not that long ago, because there is a, there is another clear cut that is, I mean, the deer's not going to live there. It's like a, like they open. Yeah. Is there tops? Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't like say they're they, not going to live there, but they're, so, it's, it's like freshly cut. But is it, that what, why I'm asking that is because if it's fresh tops, you should be hunting there. Yeah. yeah. But, but it it's, depends. No, no, no. It was there. It was, it was cut last year like that too. Okay. okay. So not okay. fresh. Okay. If it was just this year, fresh yeah, no, tops, no, 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 late no, no, season. No, 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 it's not I this don't year. know about your area, but fresh tops in the late season is, hmm. that's, that's good real, to know. That's I, real estate. For, I always, yeah, when I, I have a bunch of logger uh, buddies and it's like, they always say like in January when they're cutting, when they're cutting, as soon as the skitters are shut off, there's deer already in there feeding on the yep. tops. Cause it's yep. like, they can't browse up that high, you know, during, yeah. Yep normal normal time frames but that like one year old is a tough time frame because it doesn't really get the undergrowth starting yet it's just kind of a barren open waste one to three or four years is like the i don't even bother with it really okay Um, just because there's there's no cover there's not really any food yeah so one of the clear cuts they probably did it you know maybe four or five years ago and then i think the other one maybe it was just a couple years ago then so like the the ones that the one that you were talking about like say if there's one i'm gonna just gonna like paint a picture of this clear cut so a clear cut that's like say in that you know even four to eight year old five to eight year old range it's got some briars coming up it's got some new growth some Mm -hmm. saplings coming up and stuff and those ones if you don't have acorns those can be a great late season food source. They'll nip on those briars yeah. and like, and, and that, and it can be a really good spot, especially if it like butts up against like some sort of conifers or like, um, I was, I'm losing my train of thought. Thermal, right now. Cover. Thermal cover. That's yeah. exactly right. And like to have that, like in places that I hunt in Pennsylvania that are big woods that don't have 
oaks. It's like that's a that's a focal point um, for that. And I find sheds in those types of places. It just seems like in the wintertime and early season, both that they yeah. they focus in those they'll, types of places. They'll run through them in the rut too. I mean, they'll use them all year. But yeah. it's it's, it's kind of like they're they're not going to yeah. hang out there all the time that's more like you said early season for sure late season for sure so like the the stuff that the stuff that you hunt in in your home state in indiana and stuff like is it more just like mature forest type stuff yep okay Mm -hmm. so like did you have is it mostly like open woods or do you have some like thick cover of some sort i would i would say if i describe to you i say mostly open we do have a lot of a lot of greenbrier though Okay. Um, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and not nice if you have to walk through it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Nice. But it's something for the deer to... Yeah. Um, Can't be quiet in that yeah. stuff, by the way. It's like it's like this area, but there's more ag in the bottoms. We have gotcha. way more ag than here. Yeah. So they can transition and mm-hmm. use the, the the mountainsides, yes. the public, and then, but then go exactly. to the ag country and, and, and vice yeah. versa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I know there's there's quite a few places in Ohio that are like that too. Here's um, here's how I would describe it: if you would if you would take these mount or these these mountains and put them in Indiana, and then instead of having these rundown houses on all the draws, you put a nice farm there where they're the farmers, you know, cut out the fields. The fields yeah, yeah, that's what, exactly what it is. Okay, gotcha. so. No, yeah, that makes sense. A lot of the yeah. fields around here are just overgrown. Well, yeah, and it's like it's like you, to, when I first got here, I'm like, oh, look at this hub, you know, has nice ridges around and stuff. And I'd be like, oh, what's in the hub? And I'd like drive by, and it's just like a decrepit old house. And I'm like, well, whereas Indiana, it's all farmland at the bottoms. Ah, uh, okay, that makes sense. I, I mean, I honestly haven't spent a whole lot of time in places like that where mm-hmm. there's the ag in the in the bottom. That's it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Do you find like from the sounds of it? They're bedding up and around these hubs yep. and then dropping down in the evening. Yeah, and, he- and heading and to, the, to the fields. Yep. yep. Okay. Do well, at least you have a, I mean, that's that's kind of nice from like, you know, there's a destination. Like, you know, the is, route, yeah. it's just like what yeah, point that they're going to do it. We do have like the mature forest, tons of oak sometimes to where they don't make it. I do mean, they don't. So you were saying, because you're not familiar with a lot of clear, like cuts. So they yeah. must not cut at mm-hmm. all in, mm-hmm. in that. I know in all of Indiana, and, and I, there's more than this, but I know one spot where I've seen them clear cut something. Really? Yeah, that's it. I don't know if it's in, uh, you'd have to research it. It's in, probably some in, regulation. In the, in the, yeah, yeah. The regulations. They do a lot of burning. Okay. A lot of burning. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's good for the undergrowth. Yeah. You know, young, yeah. young stuff. But. Dude, yeah. I mean,. I mean, the ag is an advantage, but not having clear cuts is a disadvantage. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. clear cuts are. Yeah, I mean, they they do bring in a lot of pressure, probably because of people mm-hmm. like us that talk about them. But like, it's been like that for since I was a kid. Like yeah. that's oh, yeah. clear cuts always have yeah. brought in. They know like that's where deer well, go. They, to. they hold deer just in general at any time of the year for for whatever those deer specifically mm-hmm. are looking for. Sometimes they're using a clear cut for bedding yeah sometimes they're using it for food sometimes yep. they're using it for get out of the wind depending on if it's a, yeah. a wind storm yep um or yeah. both or, or both. everything yeah. yeah yeah or everything from above mm-hmm. but yeah and i think the the spot i'm thinking of in indiana that's clear cut i think the state just bought it not that long ago and i think it was when i got into it it was like the first couple of years the state bought it and i think they had actually clear cut the previous owner probably you did it so 
Okay. I'm not even sure if it was a state done. So, but that that's kind of why I focused on the area I did today. Was I was like, because I haven't found many down here. Yeah. Like cut specifically, um, and the one I was like, okay, there's a cut on public I can get to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, there's got to be deer there. There was some. There's not as many. I mean, it's we're in low deer numbers in yeah you're areas. Not, you're not going to see a bunch here. Um, but next to it, on the big private piece, you can tell was TSI, which is mm-hmm. timber stand improvement. Yeah, and you can see that it, you know it's it's intermixed. There's yeah, some cuts. And, there's yeah. some more. There's some feeding cover. Um, there, there's just a cut. You know, a couple things. But besides that, like, what's the game plan for uh, tomorrow? Like- With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a consumer-based hunting show unlike any other. It provides an interactive learning experience where you can try all things mobile hunting and learn from the best in the business. Come experience an unbiased, community-based environment where you can improve your hunting skills and find the right equipment for your needs. I'll be speaking at the Nor'easter Show in Mannheim, Pennsylvania at Spooky Nook Sports from August 9th to 11th, 2024. So come check it out or either of the other shows in uh, Michigan and Georgia. You can purchase tickets online at themobilehuntersexpo.com or grab tickets at the door. I'll see you there. I didn't, I, to be honest with you, I didn't check the wind. That was one. Yeah, I, I took speak. a, so I got some service and I took a screenshot with the freaking hour early tomorrow just so I would have At it. At Alcasa Stewart, no internet. Yeah, no, no cell service. Yeah. yeah, we gotta get, you know, Johnny's letting us stay here. We gotta get him to start paying for some internet and stuff for us too. That'd be nice. Johnny, so if you're listening, yeah. we need we need, we need something. <laughs> some know. kind of booster. Get a hold of your Uncle Elon, and let's get some Starlink here, <laughs> and uh, let's get you know rolling with it. No, I mean, honestly, I, I'm i between two different things. I'm, I'm between going to the same area that I was at tonight. Even, I mean, the, the so like typically if I bump a buck by sight, I'll go right back there. If I bump them by wind, I'm kind of like, eh, I'm not not too confident they can be back in that area. He may have gotten both because he went downwind, you know, at that point. So that's kind of where, but he yeah. never, I mean, he, he bound off and stuff, but he wasn't like, like what Jake was talking about earlier. He was more curious than anything. Like he stopped multiple times and just then kind of went down over the ridge and the food's there. Yep. It's like, Maybe I maybe just not in that exact spot, but you know I had found after that happened, I went up and there's like a little saddle there, and I can actually look back, and I think I could see probably about where he was betting at, and and be within 150 yards of that point. So I thought about doing that and seeing maybe if he ends up circling down around the the point and he's feeding down low and coming up to bed and coming up that draw and circling back into his bed. Me, you know, maybe I could get a shot. Or going to just a different ridge system and kind of starting from scratch. That's where, but the wind is from what I saw is kind of like a west southwest yeah. kind of 
just westerly. you know mes- yep, westerly wind. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, that that lays out good for most of the spots that I v scouted because that's pretty much the typical winds yeah. from the west. So when I'm scouting yeah. in our northeastern part of the country, it's always west winds. So I'm like. Mm-hmm. That's how I always try to get my access points, just because I like to walk into the wind. Except for a couple of years ago, um, during the rut, we had like easterly winds for the whole time. Remember southeast? I'm, yeah, and I was like, I remember me and my cousin Mason were talking back and forth, and we're like, "How many setups do you have planned for southeast winds?" I'm like, "Honestly, I don't know if I have any." And he's yeah. like, "Same here." And it was like going in at daylight trying to pick a tree in these areas you know and just like it was that's a nightmare yeah so i've learned a little bit from that to still like find some easterly stuff but like you said for the majority of it it's it's a westerly but i think after i would i want to find somewhere to kind of maybe post up for a little bit and then mid-morning hike and just like peeling over looking into looking into so that's that's what i've been doing and that's kind of my thought process is one you know when you bump a deer you're probably going to get a shot opportunity because they're a little more calm but Mm -hmm. two i'm using this time to really try to find some areas for next year yeah yeah you know um, well and and the the what i really like about the spot specifically i was hunting is there's so many like little sub ridges and they're so close together that they're really some of them are only a hundred yards from side to side. So like you kick a deer off as long as he doesn't run straight off over the point, he runs around that other side. You got a shot opportunity on that other side hill. Yeah, and uh, that's yeah, that's awesome. Like last year when we were hunting here, it was super dry, hot, oh, the leaves crunchy. I literally felt like every deer two miles away was hearing me coming, yeah. and that I just felt like I had no chance. Where being wet like this. It's quiet enough, even though there's a blanket of oak leaves on the ground. It's still quiet enough with the that you can sneak yeah. enough, but maybe create just enough noise to to get them, you know, moving a well, little. Well, that's bit. and that's the other thought process I have too. Is I'm going to hunt the, for the whole four days. I don't know if it's going to be wet by the time Monday Tuesday rolls around, and you're not going to be able to walk and cover as much ground. Yeah. Um, yeah what's the temperature gonna do because if it gets wet and then freezes that's gonna suck too that's what i was afraid of tomorrow morning yeah it's supposed to be the same tomorrow as it was today like but at least when i was looking at it it said the temperature is gonna be like right around freezing but the real feel was gonna be like 25 26 the wind is supposed to kick up josh what's your kind of plan for tomorrow well so when i was walking back i was walking around that clear cut and uh off to my my west uh two two deer jumped out of this they're down in this low area of this hub went down the hub they blew or one of them blew and then a third deer that i didn't see ran up the opposite way of the hub so i'm kind of thinking maybe that was a buck i mean it could have been another doe who knows but um i think i'm saying three bucks sure could have been you never the know. blow was an awfully I'll sound like a doe to me, but it is, they, it is 2023 yeah. though. They, they yeah. The two deer <laughs> ran off and the other one, I didn't know it was there. You know, I was kind of trying to, I got my binos out and was trying to find them. It was, it was really dark. I mean, yeah. Um, I could see their tails and then something, like I said, just another deer went off the different direction. So 
Um, I think I'm just going to go in there and start there in the morning and see if they come back in that hub and you know isn't it isn't that kind of refreshing when you do like these types of gun hunts where it's like you know say i don't know how exactly how you are at home josh but like where not this messy (laughs) no but as far as like deer hunting where like you know you run you run cameras or do whatever and it's like you're like focused on an area or trying to figure out a buck when you come to a spot and you just freelance it and just oh, kind of go man i love it, that i know it's, and, it, and it's like relaxing it, it is. is like and I, you wonder- I can tell the way you were describing everything and your demeanor you like just hunting when you're gonna go out yeah like, i'm just gonna go out here past camp yeah yep out for a stroll and why do we put yeah. some why do we put so much pressure on ourselves using all this crap and doing all this extra stuff um, well, there, there, I mean, there's, don't get me wrong. There's definitely an element of fun to that yeah. and that I, I, but it's like, a, it's hard to explain. Like I, even if I explain it to myself, I, it doesn't make sense, but like there is an element of like fun of trying to figure out a deer and running cameras. Yep. I love getting pictures. I, love I do too. I like, it, I enjoy yeah. show cameras. I love watching videos, watching Buck's demeanor. Some of them being a little shy, some <clears> being, you know, but there's like I, I I've realized for myself I need this mixture like yeah. of like the adventure style of just going and like seeing what's over the next ridge and just yep. like going and not having any idea. Like today it was like that example of it should have worked out textbook, a buck bedded on a point, I see the rubs leading to it, get there, set up close to the bed, works his way out of mm-hmm. the bed. And comes right. I mean, like, it's like there's no, uh, you know, I wasn't going off of, you know, I know Johnny had run and Jake had run some cameras in the area and stuff before, but really, other than seeing a few pictures, it wasn't like I was looking at time stamps and figuring out like when no, it was just like a yeah. general, like, oh, there's, there's a, there's a couple of boxes yeah. that's been over there. And yeah, it's, it's just fun. And like, and I think it depends on, everyone's personality and what that is. But like, if you're not having fun with like the, the trail camera stuff and everything, do that, you know, do that, this style and just yeah. like have fun with it. I don't man. know about you guys too, but I guarantee 90% of the deer I've killed. has been just me doing exactly what you were talking about. Yeah. Well, the- like very rarely do I kill one because I've gotten trail cam history of it or something, you know? Yeah, no, I hear you. Oh, and I that's mean, the thing. For me, anyway, when I was driving down here, I'm like, well, it's pretty much, this is my last two raw of the year. Yeah. So I kind of like, just, eh. Yeah. Like, shrug off all the the stresses you had from earlier in the year, if you had a good year, if you had a bad year, if you, you know, whatever it may yeah. be, just, you know, it's, I got to wait another whole year after this one's over, pretty much for me, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, because I, like, at this point, there's like, a week left of the Pennsylvania season or whatever. And I haven't killed a buck there yet. And it's like that, you know, that has stressed me out. Like, just cause like I've, that I've just, that's my home state. I feel like put the most work in, like I'm trying so hard to do that. And, but there was a point, I think really when rifle season ended for me in Pennsylvania, where I've come to the point where I've accepted it. Yeah. And like, Late season, I knew it was low odds, but I was like, I'm going to try. It's not like I'm giving up. Yeah. I'm going to try. But like, it, I've come to the point where it's like, okay, sometimes things don't go exactly yeah. as planned. And like coming to this hunt was like, man, this like normally 
if it was during if it was November the second or something, and we would have had this torrential downpour, I'd be kind of like, you know, scratched, kind of like stressed out of like, man, I wish I I I need to be in a tree. This is precious time, you know. Yeah. Where this morning I was like, Dude, enjoying I, some coffee with you. I guys, say I had a blast this morning. Oh, we talked yeah. we, we talked business. What we did all morning. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it's helpful for me because you guys have been in this for a long time. I haven't, so I loved it. Like I, if yeah. you if we if you'd have told me yesterday that we were going to do that this morning, like. I'd, that'd been worth it to drive over here just to, you know, hang out and talk yeah, about it, no, you know? dude, it's, it's fun. And like letting that be a, a be a part of it in the deer camp yeah. atmosphere. It's is, the mindset that you're going into the yeah. hunt. Yeah. It, it's a hundred percent. My dad taught me that at a young age. Like if you have a bad attitude going into the day or the hunt, yeah. like, ah, you know, like, cause I've hunted with different people, you know, buddies, it, it, most of them are buddies. Like, Oh, why are we hunting here? Like you have a bad attitude, like you're not gonna see anything. Like yeah. It's not gonna. Yeah. The hunt's now not gonna work out for. I believe in like the quote unquote deer gods. Yeah. You know you you have a good yeah. feeling about something, good things are gonna happen. You know. Yeah. That's for, true in life in general. Yeah. 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 And and how how many times like I, I you know I was talking earlier about like how I've had success in Ohio in the past. And I think a lot of it is because I haven't put pressure on with right. it. It was like, this was a fun you know, vacation. And it's like, I know anybody listening is probably like, yeah, it should all, you know, you should look at it all as fun. And it is, but there's also this, when you get so obsessed with something, you yeah. get, you get to a, uh, another level. I mean, throw out doing the podcast and all that stuff. I was like that well before oh, yeah. any of that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, you get in my dad's a, an example of it too. He gets like that. It's yep. just like you get so focused on things, but figuring out ways to, you know, kind of balance that out from time to time is, is I think a positive thing. Yeah. I mean, you guys, sorry, go ahead, Jake. Well, you guys smell estrus, don't estrus right now. I did smell that. Hmm. I smelled I that when, when Rosie was over here. I wonder if she got into something back here in that room. Yeah. It's probably just Johnny's seat here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he smells like that a little bit. He wears it all the time. Smell it real quick. Does she smell like his that? Clone. Mm, a little bit. Oh, great. <laughs> you, you smell There's like someone that when he back in there. Someone there? has one up on a shelf. I don't know how she would got to it though. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I had to bring that up. Uh, I, I smelled it a little bit too. Yeah, I, I was thought like, maybe it was just like the he, the yeah. holiday spirit. I was like, are one you know? of you guys trying to lure a buck in? Here? <laughs> sorry yeah. about that. That's funny. Yeah, I sprayed myself. <laughs> new toothpaste I've been trying. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that is funny. Tomorrow, um, that's that. Here's a quick tip: if you can have the chance, like I did, I got fortunate and I didn't meet him yet the landowner that then the farmer that farms a lot of the country around here mm-hmm. super open transparent he's super open and transparent gave me some just quick tips he's yeah. like hey rotational crop year most of the stuff last year was corn but it's all soybean and it's down to dirt mm. there's no ag like that what was here last year that was ag is there's it's rotational yeah so that's another reason why they're up really high. And that's why he told me, he's like, we pushed out our properties that last year they all killed bucks. He's like, we didn't see a deer. Hmm. So they're not down on our place. So I would, he's like, go high. And Interesting. Why I, that was a second, that was just a confirmation with what I scouted already, you know, on the drive down and why it confirmed where I went today. Yeah. 
No, that, that, that makes sense. And, and I mean, being able to, to meet people locally when you're traveling like that, that's so helpful, especially, you know, if they're oh, willing to, to be that way and, and you're, and if you're willing to be, you know, it's gotta be kind of a given, yeah. give yeah. and take relationship. And like, I feel that, you know, I'm pr- pretty secretive on a lot of things. And I think you kind of have, have to be, you have to be. Um, it's just, you don't want to ever blow up spots or do anything, but like you, f- you meet good people. Like I meet somebody in the woods that's hunting the same area I am. I am told. And if they're respectful and everything, like I'm open to being transparent with them about what's going on, where I'm going to be at and them doing the same. So we don't screw each other up and maybe, yeah. you know, be able to help each other in that way. Oh, yeah. And just trying to be you know, I had, to... I had that happen this year, hundred, like that, my number one that I was hunting, a guy randomly that follows me, that's local, whatever. He lost his property, his permission piece. He went on a random piece of public and it just happened to be exactly where that big buck was at. And he had his trail camera there and a cell camera. And he goes, and he sent it to me. He goes, I completely didn't mean to do that, but I, He's like, is this the buck you're hunting? Because mm-hmm. he's yeah. seen my truck and put two and two together. But he's like, I I didn't mean to do that, man. And I was like, dude, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. And he he left. He's like, I'm gonna leave my camera there. I'm gonna go hunt somewhere else. I, I'm not. I don't want to bother you. You probably have more history with it. Blah blah blah. And he ended up shooting a buck the very next day, and I helped him drag it out. Nice. That's awesome. Like. Yeah. Just and that's how it worked out, and it was good karma. Yeah, great. And karma I went, for him. <laughs> drug it out, took a pic, nice picture of it for him. He was stoked, you know, because he was a typical nine to five worker. Right, only had off work, and and it was just he let me go after the one I wanted to go after, and he was rewarded the very next day with a buck of his own. Yep, that's awesome. You know, and it and it goes to show, just be kind. Yeah, of, yeah. What what goes? You around don't comes know around. what it could turn into. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, 100%. And it's, I mean, the thing, yeah, with public land and, and even private land, like whether whatever relationship that is, whether it's with a landowner or it's with the neighbors or if it's with other people you run into hunting, trying to be as respectful as you possibly can and not touching other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, yep. it, it's terrible you have to say that, but. Yeah, you it's, do. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's that, crazy. What's, what's ruining hunting faster than just that is we're losing ground in terms of industrial, you know, developments. That people are losing permission pieces to, to, where they used to hunt faster this time than any time prior, mm-hmm. and that's what's making a lot of people go to public. And then if they get a bad taste in their mouth right off the first time that they might try something. It's going to make them a sour taste in their mouth the rest, you know, the time that they hunt. Yeah. So it's, I, I, I try to treat people, you know, fairly off the rip because I always use like, what if a kid's trail, what if it's a little kid's trail camera yeah. that he hung up with his grandfather? Yeah. And somebody, you know, vandalized it and he goes out there to check it with his pop. Yeah. And, and he's like, oh, what happened to my camera? Right. Right. What, yeah. you know, that could happen. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, for sure. I'm gonna start writing on all my trail cameras, little Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to put my my name and number on, and I don't know why I did that, but like four or five years ago. Well, yeah, and, and there's 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 I feel like that would keep like somewhat honest people honest, 
and yeah and then the, i and then i started you know hunting a lot more and posting and trying to you know make some type yeah. of you know job out of it and i was like well maybe i shouldn't put what my number the... on there <laughs> and then they fall you know they yeah. see them after a good buck and there's my number on the yeah. trail camera you know you guys know casey neistat is right uh i do not he's a youtuber anyways he writes a uh do the right thing on all his stuff do the oh. right thing i'm like oh we should i should put that on my trail cameras do I'm the right thing i'm gonna start numbering mine <laughs> yeah. like 274 <laughs> <Yeah>. 312 <laughs> random numbers yeah yeah i thought about putting like fake antennas on all of them It'd be like a yeah. spot that has no cell service and it's like Again, Uncle Johnny's Uncle Elon. He's helping me out here. You guys just don't know about this <laughs> yeah. technology yet. That's funny. That's another. I mean, that's a topic right there in and of itself that nobody's really harped on. What's that? Cell cams that might be able to be satellite. That's a that's it's, a very it's that's a big possibility coming in the near future. Mm-hmm. Because they all they need is is wired signal, and if they can you know get on to the what is it starlink right yeah Yeah, starlink starlink if the cell cam can send to the starlink i mean you can get service in pretty much Mm -hmm. anywhere i hope that doesn't happen but i think you're probably right i in the next two three years i'm I'm, i bet you it'll happen some i mean they might be outrageously expensive but that's not going to stop people from right certain people from buying them yeah you know and then you know, another five to seven years, they'll be on sale for twenty five dollars a Walmart. Right, you go Walmart yeah. and find them. But right that I, I, you know, I people that are writing the laws that are smarter than I am, I think that's why they're starting to crack on it now. You know, the live links and things like yeah. that. Yeah, There's been a lot of states this year with the cell cameras. Kind of that that topic's getting popped up a lot of states. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah, I'm just fortunate where I hunt. <laughs> 80 to 90 percent of it no cell coverage whatsoever same year it's like well the old traditional camera i i love going back you know about a month later oh look at all this the sign and look at the bucks that were here and well the last picture was two weeks ago they're they're long gone yeah yeah i i think it was johnny that was saying something he says new strategies gonna be just looking for areas that don't have cell coverage yeah (laughs) scout and cell cell coverage i've done that already yeah just i'm like well i know that like this area that we're at a lot of it don't have cell coverage in the bottoms and most of it doesn't anything off the tops of the hill nothing yeah Yeah. no that's 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 exactly right it's 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 interesting but we'll see it'll be interesting to see how all that shakes out in the coming coming years time will tell i'll let smarter people you know make those decisions yeah make those decisions i you know just follow the rules yeah, <laughs> and step in line when I right. see fit. Yeah, no, most definitely. Um, what was I? I had something else that I was gonna to bring up about. I guess we didn't we didn't really get into it because it's it's kind of weird since it's a, a collaboration podcast. But Josh, I do want to for for my audience, maybe some of your audience that you know wasn't around from the beginning, a little bit of background and like your hunting and like kind of your style and a little bit there and i know it's odd kind of putting it towards the middle to the end of the podcast but like a little bit of what you have going on there yeah i mean i don't i've been hunting since i was i killed my first year when i was nine years old and i haven't stopped hunting since and you you're like you talked about uh 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Earlier you were talking about um, the pressure of, and you've always felt that pressure of always wanting to shoot a deer, you know, every year. And dude, I remember I killed a deer when I was nine and, and 10 bucks. And I, I like, I swear, like, I felt that pressure back when I was that age. Like it's always been that like that for me. Like yeah. I've just put a lot of pressure on myself as a deer hunter. Um, so I, I just, um, just been real passionate about deer hunting and then, um, did a lot of filming when I was in high school and, um, you know, kind of grew that grew into a passion as well. And then, um, started filming for Dan in fault probably five or six years ago in the beast. And then, um, kind of went off on my own to, to do my own stuff on my channel, uh, this, uh, this fall. And that's kind of where I'm at now. And, and hunting wise, like I hunt, uh, what, what do you call it? Free permission. What do you call that? Is that, is that, what, is that the proper term when you don't pay for your, yeah, land? just free permission, permission whatever permission John, Johnny Everhart calls it free permission. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a few, I, I hunt a little bit of free permission at, uh, around Indiana, but it's mostly just, uh, public land. Yeah. So, um, I don't really consider myself a trophy hunter. Like I just whatever, that word's whatever tossed makes around, me, yeah, quite often. This yeah. time, the day and age, trophy hunter. Yeah, you know. Yeah. In my in my opinion, trophy is whatever you see in your eyes as a trophy. Yeah. yeah. If it gets you excited, like you were, t- you said that I think earlier today. Uh, yeah. Um, if you get excited about a certain deer and situational aware, you know. Yeah. Th- that's what got you excited. Yeah. Dude, I killed a two-year-old in Tennessee this year that I was just like, Tickled I was freaking pumped Heck yeah, about man. it. yeah, man. Like, yeah. 100%. I told you about that one in Ohio, and I don't yeah. know what year it was, that I shot that two-year-old 12-point. Yeah. I walked up, I'm like, this is a small body. That's the younger <laughs> year. Man, this is I remember cool, that. Right? I remember that buck. Yeah. Because... It was. It had what six or seven on its left. Yeah, it had seven on his left and yeah. five on his right. Yeah. I remember seeing a picture of that, and you gave that was back when teaser picks weren't a, a real thing. Yeah, you posted just that side, and I go, "Oh, that's a giant." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it was a good buck, but like, yeah, and it was like a mini giant. Yeah, it was a mini yeah. giant. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think he taped out like 127 inches of like you know tight just but but, 18 inch beams again it was like go to a area i found in the spring and go and hunt and first day in there comes up at like 3 p.m i just got off a work call because i was actually supposed to be at work that was the story one one point when i was working a job that (laughs) my boss didn't live in the same state and i covered multiple state territories and i'd tell each 
company. I was in a different place, and and I just had to have self <laughs> service. I carried my laptop in the tree with me, just in so case. I could show I was online too, because they had like the <laughs> dude, thing. You were in deep there. Oh, dude, I was I was ready. I was so ready to just risk it all. And at that point, I had I didn't even have a podcast. So oh like, wow! I, I just didn't care. I was yeah. like, I wanted to deer hunt so bad that yeah. I was just like. So I, uh, I I remember I was on a work call and I had to like talk normal. I couldn't whisper, so I was like, yeah. I screwed everything up. And then an hour later, I shot that buck. That's yeah. That's, that's a funny story. Yeah, that's you know, look where I mean, in my opinion, like I'm looking at you know, across the room here. You're in a really good position, in my opinion. You've done really well for yourself. Yeah. I appreciate that. But look what you did to get there. Yeah, like, those to- mm-hmm. stories that nobody hears about. Yeah. You yeah. carried your laptop when you're supposed to be working. Like, yeah, you're not really supposed to do that, but you knew in your, <laughs> but you knew in your head, like I that's wanted, what you wanted yeah. to like yeah. that's what you need you felt like you needed to do to get to now where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. And the light switched for me in like two thousand fifteen and I had no plan how I was gonna get there, but I was like, I need to figure out how to run my own business, doing something that I like, and it's just like I was like, I'm going to figure out a way to get there. And I didn't have a plan. It was just like, I'll figure it out as I go. And I didn't even think the podcast was going to be it at the beginning. It just, you know, it was just, I did the exact, it's just going, just having that in my mind. And, but I also knew that, like, I knew at, at that job that I was at at that time, that really the expectations were kind of low apparently because like I knew what needed to be done and I would get it done. It would just be a maybe different hours and some different times yeah. and of, of things to be able to do it. And I did the minimum to, to get by at a point where it was still considered a good level, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And like, I just, I don't know. I had that in my mind. I also remember a time I was elk shed hunting with my dad and I didn't have my laptop and I got a call from my boss and he needed me to pull some files from my computer, which was like, uh, I don't know, two hours quick, away. It was like a 35 minute walk and probably just as much of a drive. And I was like, or longer of a drive. And I was like, Oh crap. And I was like, I remember like, dad, I gotta go. Like we got to, we got to get up and going back and I'm like, Oh, sorry for the delay. I couldn't find the file. You know, it's like, <laughs> I kept my stuff pretty organized. Yeah. I knew exactly where it was. And it was, it was pretty funny, but looking yeah. back on it, it is, it is kind of comical to think. Yeah. About that. Yeah. I, my, just a quick little tidbit for, I have a same, a similar situation I knew I wanted to try and make something hunting, fishing, outdoor related, a job of some sort. So I literally worked all summer long and any high paying construction job, something out of, out of town, out of state, whatever it may be, make as much money as humanly possible. And September 1st came, I would quit. Yeah. Because I knew I'd like, you're replaceable. Like they just need, it's not going to be a career yeah. Um, I showed up to work every day, sick, no matter, never complained. Just straight up, I knew in my head, I was like, I need to make a bunch of money to put it away because I want to do something. And I basically was investing into myself. That's where I bought my first camera and, and, and worked my way up. But I had that in my head. Like, I had to do whatever it took. And I just worked until September 1st. Yeah. And, and I literally would. You should probably tell everybody what you do now, Jake, because my audience won't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I'm kind of a dual, um, double-edged sword. So I mean, I, 
I do my own stuff, but I also contract myself out. I own a media company. So, you know, I work with multiple companies doing different terms of media. So digital, digital platforms, anything digital pretty mm-hmm. much. Uh, video production. Um, the only thing I don't will try and really push is like just the editing part of somebody. Like I don't want to take on editing projects. You don't want myself filming stuff sent to you. Yeah, you it, to it's it just it's and for me it's just my brain doesn't work like that, and it, it's too much. Yeah, you know yeah. To, to do that. So I I like the more professional. I'll contract myself out for a couple hunts for somebody else's stuff. Mm-hmm. Get that all done. Like I do it all the whole time in the spring and then the fall is more just my stuff and then mix intermix stuff, whatever's needed. Um, yeah. Fill the gaps and I'm not going to get into the graphic design stuff. I can do it, but it's like Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm if I don't feel like I can do something at a super high level, I, 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 I'm hard on myself, so I'm not going to do something okay that can get by. Yeah. Because I want to, I just don't feel like it's fair to charge somebody any money yeah. for something that's not super high end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's just, you, you do very good oh, with yeah. the camera. Very good. Oh, with yeah. Some of your pictures I, you were showing me are just, it's just, I think it's what I, I, I just like it. Yeah. Yeah. You no, can tell I mean, you have a passion for it. Um, but that's just kind of my, and there's some things like when, People that, when you operate a camera, there's a part where there's a lot that you can learn, and there's also something that's just like an eye for it. Yeah. yeah. And like, and I think that passion kind of drives out of seeing seeing things that other people don't see to be able to take those photos to get that B-roll shot and video, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Like, and it's you either have. I mean, there there's people that you either have it or you don't. Like, yeah. you can't. There's a magical you can't teach the eye. Hmm. Um, it's the same as like people that are naturally funny. Yeah, you right. can't like like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. Like comedians are naturally funny. That's why yeah. they're a comedian. Right. Yeah. You can't just teach yourself to be funny. Right. Right. Um, but you know, it's it's a personality trait, and I, that, you know, for my work line that I'm trying to do anyway and continue to do, um, I I have the eye, and it's just now it's the. Yeah. It's repetition. Just yeah. Over yeah. and over. Repeat it over and over yeah. and over. But for Bo's audience, for me, I do what Bo does, but it's called Before the Echo. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. No, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We do the but same what, thing. What did you do before? Yeah. So I still have a consulting business in the ag industry. I worked in the ag industry. Okay. Um, it's real nerdy for like, it's. I dealt with mycotoxins and grains. So it's a mold thing that. Um, okay. Yeah, so you're smart. Yeah, yeah. Is what you're saying? Well, no, it's no, no, no. no. It's it's just a, it's, a, it's an ag thing. Um, control mycotoxins in in uh, feed mills. I was essentially a feed mill. My f- previous job, my title was I was a feed mill specialist, and I did that for a company where I would go and do uh, help them with mycotoxin problems all over the world. So oh, okay, yeah, I've been international to like, traveler. Huh? Yeah, I've been to probably like twenty seven different countries doing no, it. No, that's, that's yeah. crazy. It was crazy, and that's why I had to do something different. It was too much. Yeah, yeah. But well, and and I'm sure it's nice now, like you know, raising a family. Yeah, and, and doing that to to be yeah. able to work from home. So the, obviously, there's travel involved with like this. Yeah, my timeline was me and my wife got had our first son in 2019 in October. I was off work after he was born for pretty much the rest of the year. Then COVID hit. 
and then I didn't have to travel again with COVID. I didn't have to travel anymore. And before I'd be like in China for three weeks, like oh, wow. gone, gone, like not getting home quickly, gone. Other, yeah. other side of the world, different yeah. time. Frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'd be, I'd be in the Philippines or like just wherever. Wow. But then uh, um, COVID hit. We didn't have to travel for a year, year and a half. That you know, that all settled down, and then there was rumbles like we have to start traveling again. Well, you know, Huck, my son, he's two then, and I'm just like, and and I love my boss. He was from the United Kingdom, and he's the man um, at my old job. But like, I did not want what he had. Like, he'd be gone, you know, whatever thirty weeks of the year, and you know, he had two sons. And I'm like, I mean, how do you do that? And you know, he couldn't really tell me you know yeah and i didn't want that so i mean i had to do something different and and um i was already filming with dan and doing that and we me and him kind of he was like well let me help you start your your youtube channel which i already had started it it was just small and you know he he helped me grow it and and then this year we kind of decided to just let me do my own thing so yeah no that's um, that's awesome man yep yeah i I can imagine that kind of travel would just be yeah exhausting yeah it's probably kind of fun when you start whenever i started and you know i was whatever 27 it was cool you know i'm like man i'm you know i was in peru and i go up to canada and then china and philippines and indonesia and everywhere i think the the cuisine the food and stuff i think is what i some of them yeah 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 like eating chicken feet off of a plate in China is not real fun. Yeah. But, uh, it's a, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that was it. That was it. You know, I just, um, you know, I don't know. I still work for, like, I still do consulting work for them. So I just don't have to travel. It's just yeah. stuff that I can do from home. And, That's perfect. Yeah. Um, Seems like it's working out pretty good. Yeah. You know, it's, now, listen, give her another I, year. If I have any <laughs> advice for anybody that's listening, if you, want to hunt a lot yeah and you want to make some good money construction construction owning it owning it yeah. not yeah the hunting industry yeah we we were talking about that yeah, last night like everybody that is in the industry it seems like they're they have some other type of business like i think the juries we're talking about the juries i'm pretty sure they own their own construction company yeah you know a lot of them are farmers like don and candy kiski i think they're big farmers oh yeah, yeah. um and just you, you hear more and more or people like that in real like, estate selling land yeah, and doing yeah, like that's, yeah. that blew yeah. up. No one told me any of that stuff. I was right. like, I'm, I'm gonna be a podcaster, yeah. and, <laughs> you know. I'm, but Bo, you've been doing it for a long time now. Six years is a long time. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's 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 a Crazy. lot of work. Like I still haven't <laughs> rant. Like I, I I feel like the number one question I get asked is like you don't run out of like guests or topics, and I'm like I always have like things lined yeah. up and like i'm always excited about it and when that stops and you know do something maybe different. i'll hang it up and try to learn some sort of skill because i don't really have many others so yeah <laughs> yeah but you're you're business savvy and, and tech savvy to the point where just talking with you i mean more and more you'll be fine where you're going into different avenues yeah hopefully your your future employer doesn't hear your conversation about working yeah, no, I, I'm I'm in hunting season. I'm fully dedicated to you, Mister Employer. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, oh man, yeah, it's, no, but in, in all in all honesty, though, like one thing I will say too about like my previous work, I will say that you can get a, even if you say you wanted to start your own business. You can learn a lot from no matter where you're working at, whether you're a, 
you know, you're a bartender, whether you're bagging groceries or whether you're working for corporate it's America, attention to detail. you can like, I learned stuff about like public speaking from the standpoint that I did a lot of safety and environmental training. I had yeah. to stand in front of people, help me with the podcast stuff and like, and having to manage people. I got to the point where I was a manager at a place and I had people working underneath me. So like now when I hire people to do consulting work or doing stuff, you learn how to, how to manage people and get and like, and that was kind of something that like my boss that I had at my last job, which was one that wasn't the one that I did all the crazy stuff with. Yeah. Like this one I was, I, I was at one place and I had to be very focused on it. I had yeah. a higher level job and I, but he was, he knew, like, he saw the stuff I was doing on the side with East Meets West and, and knew that, like, it's, at some point I was going to be exiting. And he gave me so much good advice about, like, what, you know, learning from what I was doing at that place and everything. It's just, I've learned that everything comes, it's all perspective and what you see and making the best of the situation that you have because it can be translated to something else, even if mm -hmm. it's something completely different you can pull something from it that can help you. And it's, you know, I just said about, you know, goofing off and taking my computer in the tree, but there's also a point of like putting your all into, even if it's something that you don't like and learning, learning from that. But there's, there's also the, the standpoint of you have to take risk if you want to do something different to like, that's risky of like, you know, I remember I went to ATA show and I didn't have vacation for it, but I just did it anyways and hope no one was going to, you know, find yeah. out. And like those types of things you, you got to bet on yourself with too. So it's like this kind of like fine line of, of playing with it and having in your head that you're okay with if it doesn't work well, that's, out. Yeah. That's if you talk to like millionaires that ha that started any company, you know, like HVAC or whatever, just small business owners that turn into big business. Yeah. They'll all tell you the same similar stories that they took risks at certain points that oh, they yeah. had to, they, they felt like they had to do. Yeah. And then it, they, they landed and continued on the, the yeah. cycle. But, and they do all have the same story. Like it seems like it's like they struggled for most of their life too. And, and then something. Then all, yeah. And then all of a sudden it worked because it. they didn't quit, you know? Yeah. yeah, and 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 okay. So even like translating back to deer hunting, when you surround yourself around good people, yeah, to be able to do it, you know, being here with you guys, learning from your style of hunting, like I learned so much from doing that and being around Johnny and all these things. And it's like, but you know, the next question is like, well, how do you do that? I don't know anybody. Well, you got to be somebody. You got to have value that you can add to somebody else too. And, and that front, yeah. whether it's just being a good person and being a good friend or, you know, learning a skill that can translate, like there's, it's, it's a two way street and mm -hmm. everything. And so like, it's just like going on hunts and everything. When I first started going out West on hunts, when it was my first, I remember my first backpacking hunt trip with my brother and my cousin, I would have never wanted to hunt with me again if I was them. Like from the standpoint, I was like, I got into some tough situations, you know, I was like, wasn't probably in the, the shape I needed to be in to be doing that. And I'd be like, you know, getting bitchy essentially. And, you know, and my brother too. So obviously I'm going right. to yell at him, but like, I was just not somebody you wanted to be around. And like, I, I luckily they were like, they stood by me through it still, but I probably would have kicked, you know, 
myself yeah. out the door. But I, you know, I recognize that's like I need to be a better hunting partner to other people mm-hmm. and have a positive attitude and be somebody that people want to be around. It's yeah. funny and, that you said that because I, you know, I I can think back on one of my first trips out west, exact same thing. Yeah. Like I think it was multiple things, putting pressure on yourself and putting yourself in uncomfortable, uncomfortable situations. Yeah, outside of your element. And I was the same way. I was short-tempered, snappy. Yep. And it just, I I wouldn't have wanted to hang out with me either in the woods. Yep. And I'm like, f- from there on out, and, you know, I'm just like, coach yourself a little bit. Like, yeah. try to be a little bit better. Yeah. You know, when you're around people, but when you are around more like-minded individuals, you feed off each other's energy, and it, it turns into a better experience in general, and you have fun, and when fun you're having fun, usually good things happen. Yeah. Be will be willing to learn and be willing to you know learn from people that are you know better than you and whatever it is. There's always like, somebody. There's and always you know, somebody better. I I had it wasn't that long ago. It was like within the last month. I had a bad attitude about some things. Like of I like okay the podcast space for example. I, I looked at it in my email and I had sent like my podcast list of like gear I had and like tips and I've talked on the phone with over 50 people that wanted to start like their own thing. Like I'm willing to help people, but there's been so many that I felt like have like burned me during that process or like basically, you know, let's say they're mimicked what I was doing or trying like, you know, just like things. And I, and I had a bad attitude about it, but I was like, you know what, if you can help, you know, if you, if there's good people out there that you can help and it change them in some sort of way, that's a, that's a positive experience to be able to pull from being able to do that. And the other turn, I'll say, if you're that person, if someone's willing to help you, make sure you're not, you know, a shitty person. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> and no, you know, whether it's deer hunting, you know, someone shows you a spot, you don't go to that. Right. That, spot. that meme that yeah. just went around. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it just went everywhere. I'm like, yeah, that's been common sense to me for yeah. a long time but people thought it's funny that yeah it's happened to me yeah yeah high school friends show them a spot and before yeah. you know it i haven't hunted it in 10 years because it got burned by him and all his other other buddies that he's worked with now oh yeah yep that's why i'm pretty i stand offish to the point um i'm quiet about certain spots because it's you know yeah i you have to be to an extent. Yeah. You know, and we're, all, and we're this, transparent here, but it's, we're still not like completely open. No, you guys about, don't know where I'm hunting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, I would tell you if you yeah, asked me, but it's just, you, you, but wait, you we wait, have, man. I'll be like, you'll be in their shower <laughs> and I'll be on your phone. Like, that's you know, the thing. We, we sharing have mutual pins. respect. Of, yeah. Like, that's your, that's yeah. where you've been going. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's a respect thing. Yeah. And, and saying all this, it's like, I'm 100% no saint in this learning process. Right, and as you're going through and just like, I don't know, just trying to learn from every situation and everybody takes things differently and what you think is right and what's wrong and and just trying to, trying to be better with it. And that's just kind of the approach that I've taken. And man, I just, I truly do enjoy like the deer camp atmosphere, being around other people that, you know, I love being around people that have different strategies and thinking about things. Like, I just, like, w- want to know. Like, you know, you were just talking about, like, you, both of you guys were talking about, 
you know, walking faster through the woods. And I was like walking like a snail going through the woods today. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that makes, makes a whole lot of sense. Like, you know, you jump them at this time of year, they're a little bit yeah. more relaxed and like, yep. you know, and I, I love, I'll never forget an analogy and I may get it wrong that Johnny had back, <laughs> back in the day about like deer, what they're doing in the summer versus when hunting season comes in of like, they're just, they're just out there. He's like, they're on vacation, you know, they're just on vacation. And then, you know, the pressure comes in and it, you know, it changes everything and, 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 you know, like patterning, you know, he's like, you know, someone goes to McDonald's every single day, you know, it's like they get, they get on a pattern and all of a sudden they're getting, you know, bullied a little bit. And it's like, they're going to change that pattern. It's yeah. like, Johnny's got the best analogy oh, yeah. in the world. The best, and dude. I've hung he out with him off like a million that. times and, I, and he comes up with a new one every yeah. single time I'm around him. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, you know, deer live by two things, their stomach and breeding. Buck specifically. Yeah. But I guess I'd just say just to kind of wrap wrap this up for for me is just like enjoy the this this deer camp enjoyed getting to you know jake i met you years ago but really last year is when i got to to know you Mm -hmm. and get to hang out with you and and josh getting to meet you here and you know following along with the stuff that you're doing think it's really cool super authentic type of stuff and and uh getting to know you guys and hang out hunt and yeah hopefully tomorrow i mean i'm i'm saying probably about 100 percent. we'll have some bucks down tomorrow so mm-hmm. be- even without the snow i mean we didn't want that snow anyways honestly yeah, I guess, what, yeah what year did you start podcasting 2018 okay i so i went on my first elk hunt in 2017 and um i got super into like the gritty bowman yeah and uh that's not a thing anymore but like well, the gritty, the gritty, gritty is podcast, yeah, but yeah. the bo- the the Aaron and Brian Call thing are done. Yeah, but like, uh, I dude, I, I swear I, I listened to you. Did you have Aaron on super early in your? Yeah, episode five and six. Yeah, my podcast. I, dude, I've been listening to you since then. When I had him on, really? Yeah, wow. yeah. yeah, forever. Yeah. And Aaron was doing that podcast in his garage as he was packing gear for another trip. That was before video podcast. Yeah, and it was like the worst audio ever. He was like doing other things and it still literally like doubled my numbers overnight yeah because he's just such a influential person yeah. in that space but funny is brian was this is a situation where i met him at uh total archery challenge and i loved his podcast That's yeah like, you know he was one of the him and aaron were some of the ones that helped me going out west in the early early days and and i you know he did like this hike he called it the gritty hike at total archer challenge and i went on it and just like was walking next to him and talking to him I was like i want to start a podcast you know yeah and he was you know thinking about it now and how many people have like asked said that to me and like how many don't actually start it you know i was so thankful that he was he gave me his full gear list which a lot of the stuff i still use yeah. today and like he gave me all that information and when i got all of my stuff so the, just a quick backstory was i was gonna do this podcast I waited a year before i was gonna do it and i went through like i i kind of like drug my feet in a sense of like i had to like set up the business ahead of time and I was right doing all making stuff, excuses even though yeah making yeah. excuses and uh my my buddy rob who is now like he runs like most of the the total archery challenge events he uh i told him about this idea and he's like well what if I gave you a, a free booth at Total Archery Challenge? Um, you could set it up 
and have your podcast there, interview a bunch of people, help set you up. And I'm like, that's in three weeks. He's like, get on Amazon, order your stuff. And I'm like, okay. And I, and I did it Sweet. and I had, didn't know how to operate any of it. And Brian and Jordan Harbertson, who is one of the founders of mountain ops, um, helped me set it up in the hotel room. And they were my first episode Oh yeah, okay. that, that I did. And, uh, learn you know learn a lot from really it, so. quick that's awesome yeah dude. so it was you, really funny you got thrown in the fire then you had some really good help i mean yeah oh i had some yeah yeah dude, i did not do some this of the all best there is yeah. yeah 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 i did not did not do this all dude I, back in like 2016 to like 19 i got super into elk hunting and that dude i love that podcast when they were doing that yeah um and it's so funny because like i started this podcast in a selfish way of wanting to learn more about hunting out West. Yeah. And like, I was like, well, if I put a mic on, it can help other people. And then, you know, when I started talking about the whitetail side of it in Pennsylvania, I thought nobody cared about that. Yeah. And it was like, that's, that's what everybody what, cares. You know, There's so many more hunters there. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And it was just funny. And it, you know, There's probably more hunters in PA than there are in like most of the West. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. The, I don't know if that's true or not, but it might capita, be. I, I looked at it once where the comparison was like the number of hunters in Pennsylvania is more than Colorado, Wyoming, and Montana yeah. combined. Yeah, that, that's what I meant by that. Like yeah. All of them. Like, yeah. I think it was like in two counties of Pennsylvania. It was something like astronomical, like only like yeah. one WMA. <laughs> I believe it. Oh, yeah. I like 100% oh. do too. Some of, the, some of the roads I've been on, yeah, 100%. <laughs> 200 trucks, <laughs> more more people than deer, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's funny. No, that's, it's, it is funny how that how that works out. And obviously, I, st- I still love hunting out west. And yeah. Like, that's a huge passion. I, I, do too. I, haven't, I haven't been for a couple years now, but it's I'm, I'm not, not so is that good the, at it, but I just try to keep learning yeah. and just trying to get better. Like elk hunting has been, yeah. been the thing recently. I, you know, finally went on like a full on mule deer hunt. And like, I think mule deer would probably be my favorite, but I'm oh, still me. like on the elk train me of too. like, I'm getting to the point where I'm learning enough that I'm, you know, getting into elk. And I, you know, I killed an elk in 2019 and 2022. I had, so many encounters and missed a bull and hit a bull and had all these things. But mm-hmm. like, it's, it's to the point where I'm learning enough that I feel like I'm starting to, to have fun, like really, yeah. really have fun with it versus the first three years. The of stress of learning is gone. See one, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, um, so man, I, I love doing that. I, I quit going. I, I need to go again, but like, I, uh, I've shot two elk and have not found either one of them. So I've had horrible, like just horrible luck elk hunting. I did really good at getting in front of elk, but, um, I went mule deer hunting. I want to tell you this story about mule deer. So I, uh, elk hunting, I, I was in a unit that you had to have a couple points to draw a tag for mule deer. And, uh, I just would see some freaking giant mule deer when I'm elk hunting, you know? And I was like, I'm putting in for elk or for mule deer. And so I, I did. And a couple of years later I drew the tag. I'm like, and uh, this was when Colorado, like I started when Colorado wasn't too bad with pressure. Yeah. Well, this was probably, and probably it was 2019. Um, I got maybe 2018. I can't remember, but I got that tag. Uh, and I and I and there's this spot where I'd seen two two years in a row. This these giant mule deer would come out of this little draw. And I'd watch them, and like I'm like, dude, if I ever have a tag, I'm going to sit there the first morning. I'm going to shoot one of the mule deer. They do the same thing. I was like hunting them like whitetail, you know. Yeah. 
and English uh, style. Yeah, I get I so I I and I was using a longbow back then, and I, I get down there and I'm freaking sitting there and I'm like I'm ready. I'm like he's coming out. I, they do it every year. They're gonna come out right here. And I look over to the <laughs> left. I hear someone go like that, and I look over and there's six Amish men. Like down the down the way to me, and they're like, like as happy as can be to see me. Yeah, and they're and, and the guy's like doing this, waving me over, and so I'm like, God, I've never seen anybody here before. Yeah, and I go over, and it's six brothers. They and, bear hunting? No, they were elk hunting, and they they each shot like three elk, and it was a mess. But and they were just like. They're like, oh, hey, you come and stay with... I was by myself. Yeah. And they're like, you can come stay with us in our camp. I'm like, nah, you know, I'm okay, but... And they're like, yeah, you can come sit with me if you want. We can hunt together. I'm like, they were super nice, but I was just like, what are the freaking odds? There's six Amish men up here. Right where you want to be. Yeah, they're from Ohio. Yeah. They came over to me. I'm like, how'd you guys get here? Like, oh, they they had a van take him out there. Like, Yeah, those guys are are killers too, man. Yeah, yeah. They'll work their butts. I don't know how... They were... I mean, mesmerized by that longbow. They're like, you have that? You're going to shoot something with that? I'm like, yeah. And they just couldn't believe it. And I'm like, I figured you guys would be like. I don't know how many times <laughs> out west I've run into people that are like really close to where I live. Yeah. Like I'm 1,600 miles away across the country. And, oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Lewistown. I'm yeah. like, you're an hour for what? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> you're on yeah. the same ridge as me? 1,600 miles away, well, but you live right by. We were in Alaska. My hunting partner, Ethan, ran to another group. They were from Pennsylvania hunting moose, okay? So hunting moose with the same transporter that was flying us in in the airport that lived two houses down. Yeah. This is a hunting story, so I probably shouldn't. It, it was it, just it, yeah. so that, wild. It happens all the time. I, I swear. Like yeah. The past three years out west, that's happened to me. Yeah. And listening to it, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I was in Peru one time, and you know, not like South America, Peru. Yeah, kind of, yeah, and uh, we were at a cattle thing, and there was a guy there, and there's people from the U.S. There was like a convention or whatever, and uh, we were sitting there talking, and I didn't know this guy from Adam, and he's like, "Oh, where are you from?" and and I'm like, "I'm from Indiana," and he was from Arizona, and he's like, "I bought some cattle in Indiana one time." I'm like, "Oh yeah," I'm like, "Okay." He's like, yeah, uh, Brownstown, which is the tiny town I live in. Like, you know, yeah. I live in a little dinky town. And I'm like, that's where I live at. He goes, yeah, Vestlage. Vestlage is my neighbor. Like, the, they have a cattle farm next to him. He goes, he goes yeah, uh, Vestlage Farms. I'm like, yeah, that's that's my neighbor. And we were in freaking Peru. Oh, my God. And, yeah, he had bought cattle from my neighbor. That's it's insane. That's wild. It's it's weird how that thing stuff like that happens. I, I one time, um, so the the company where I used to do all the crazy stuff with carrying my computer in the tree. <laughs> um, after I left there and I went to the job that I took super serious, I was in Mexico and uh, I was at a hotel and I ran to my old boss. No way. At the hotel bar and we sat down and had a drink together and talked and that that company was looking at buying a company in the same city in Mexico and yeah. like i was just like man what are the odds yeah. and like and we had a we had a really good relationship obviously i was happy with everything yeah. but in the past but like we were just uh <laughs> but like it was just like the what are the odds of that like the world is so big yet so small oh, it's yeah own, yeah it's and own respect apparently my neighbor has like some specific breed that is hard to find. I gotcha. I, don't, I have no idea. I don't know much about What's cattle. Fine? But Speaking yeah. of cattle, it was the same thing. When I, my uncle call, I, my uncle hardly ever calls me, but he 
called me on the way down here, um, right before I turned off the highway. He's like, oh, where are you hunting in Ohio? And I kind of told him just some general. Oh, he's like, oh, I bought some cattle. And he, cause he's, he owns cattle. Yeah. From the town that we're in. Yeah. He, like, right up the road, like, three yeah, landowners up is where he bought his cattle from. He's like, oh, yeah, and I bought the horse for Mara, which is my cousin. Yeah. At this, the other farm that's in, he's like, do you hunt over by this town? And it, it's where I've, the half hour that way that I've been hunting. <laughs> Like, he's like, yeah, that's the only place I've ever been in Ohio. <laughs> <It's funny. laughs> it's like right here. That is so crazy. I, the world is, yeah, like you said, crazy, small. Man, small. It is. But. Oh, man. Well, what do you think, guys? You want to wrap wanna, her up? Want to wrap her up? Let's, uh, let's go around. Jake, where can people find your stuff and everything that you're doing? Follow along. Uh, you can find the void hunt on, uh, YouTube and Instagram. And then, you know, my personal stuff is on there as well. Um, yeah, I kind of just tag, uh, you know, all multiple businesses kind of like you do yep. um, all underneath the same stuff. So that's pretty much the main two avenues of that. Yeah. Awesome. You got a lot of stuff that you need to, you need to get. Yeah. A lot on. of stuff is <laughs> a lot of my personal stuff is going to be pumped out in 2024. So um, we're we're holding we're holding you to it. Like, gotta, give him me, gotta give him a free booth somewhere. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hold, <laughs> you can hold me to that one by yeah. uh, April. Like I'm gonna have five April, five, nice. six, seven good episodes out. Awesome, dude! I'm yeah. looking forward to it. So yeah, and Josh. you can find you can find before the echo mostly on YouTube. I also am pretty active on Instagram, but I put out a video every day on Instagram or on Facebook. So. Geez, on YouTube. YouTube, I was say Facebook. Yeah, sorry. What are you YouTube. doing over there? Man? Yeah, MySpace. My- I'm on MySpace. <laughs> no, YouTube before the Echo. So I put, hey, I, I put a lot of stuff on there. Yeah, check it out. Good stuff. And and Josh, super super authentic. And and yeah, like thanks, I've man. I've enjoyed checking out your stuff. And especially here recently, even before I knew you were coming down here, I've been checking out your stuff and really really good stuff. So thanks. Yeah. And uh, I guess for Josh's audience, my stuff, East Meets West Hunt, the podcast is kind of the main deal. Um, find that. The YouTube is under just my name, Bo Martonic. Instagram, either Bo Martonic, East Meets West Hunt, and then eastmeetswesthunt.com. Sign up for the email newsletter <laughs> <laughs> to get more information. Right. Yeah, I should Not mention, I should mention my, uh, my podcast. YouTube is my main thing, but I also have a pretty – like on Spotify and Apple anywhere you can make the uh, get your podcast I'll be on there too. Nope, you had your chance, man. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Cut that out. No, th- uh, th- thanks guys. Was, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host Bomar Tonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe and we'll catch you next time.